0: This is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live, 101.3 KPCG, and uh, online, too, at kpcg.fm. And we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. Also, I'm Dwight Falk and Grant Turgeon here today in the midst of a uh, nice stretch of weather here in Oklahoma. 60 degrees in January? I'll take it.
1: It's downright too pleasant right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It must mean something bad's on the way. can't (laughs) trust it. Nice here. Uh, not nice out in California. They, uh, they got those mudslides that they were thinking were going to come, and they did. And I don't know if they're more destructive than they thought they would be, but uh, they're pretty destructive. Uh, a storm that slammed a California coastal community is uh, over for now, but the search for victims is not, they say. This is from the Associated Press. Authorities in Santa Barbara County were still trying to reach new areas and dig into the destruction to find dead, injured, or trapped people after a powerful mud flow swept away dozens of homes. Must be a hopeless feeling. Can't do anything about it. At least 15 people were confirmed dead. Uh, Santa Barbara County spokeswoman Yanarez Munez said early Wednesday at least 25 were injured and at least 50 had to be rescued by helicopters. Those numbers could increase when the searches deepened and expanded with a major search and rescue team arriving from nearby Los Angeles County and help from the Coast Guard and National Guard, along with law enforcement. They're going to try to find survivors because they do think that as they go through some of those damaged areas, they may find a few people in there that uh, hopefully are alive, but maybe some more that are dead too.
1: Yeah, and that just, it's amazing how accurate the the predictions have been about the weather there When when pretty much the fires died down the exact day that they said they would, and now the mudslides were as bad or worse as predicted, uh, they've really been spot on uh, forewarn- forewarning what would happen. But I guess sometimes it's a little bit difficult for everyone to get out of there fast enough. Maybe people just aren't able to up and move and find another place to go in such short notice.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I was wondering about that because they did evacuate uh, or put out evacuation warnings. And I don't know if this hit an area that that uh, you know people weren't expecting. It seems like it was right in that same area. So uh, the sheriff said at least several dozen homes that have been either destroyed or severely damaged and likely many other ones are in areas that are uh, as yet inaccessible. So they're still kind of trying to get everywhere and find out what all happened. Uh, And he said it's likely they'll find more people amid the destruction. Uh, The search for the missing whose numbers are uncertain continued through the night and then was to intensify after daylight Wednesday today. Uh, The storm cleared out and was no longer a hindrance to them searching. Most deaths were believed to have occurred in Montecito and Santa Barbara County said uh, Santa Barbara County spokesman um, David uh, Villabus. The wealthy enclave of about 9,000 people northwest of Los Angeles is home to such celebrities as Oprah Winfrey, Rob Lowe, and Ellen DeGeneres. Winfrey's home, I guess, survived the storm and the slides uh, she made some Instagram posts showing the destruction, so the wealthy were not uh, were not uh, spared in terms of at least it being close to them. Uh, and, uh, again, so quite a catastrophe out there in California. And, um, yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> it, it, it really is just, just uh, startling. They, they needed that rain when they had those fires, and they didn't get it. And then this huge deluge comes in. I think they even got more rain than they were thinking. I think it was up mm. close to five inches. And then here comes the mudslides and the death.
1: Did you say that uh, some of the homes were even swept away too? Was that part of the report?
0: Yeah. The, wow. The wall of mud was five feet high, <laughs> if you know. To some reports, so think about how tall you are. You and you and me were a little taller, so we'd have our head above it. <laughs> <laughs> but it would blow you off your feet, obviously. Oh, yeah. And what could you do? It would bury your house. You know, it would uh, you know, crack the foundations and and probably remove the top of the house in some cases uh bury cars they had a close part of the 101 out there so there's just nothing you could do you'd have to get out because once you see that coming uh th- then there there are people that did survive it and some of them said like they thought they were dead but they got pulled out mm-hmm. so that'd be terrifying just completely caked in this mud but you have a five feet wall five foot wall high mud slide coming at you just what do you do just pray and hope
1: that's one of those things that's actually hard to fathom how it would happen. And, um, you almost have to go to the location to really understand the magnitude of the destruction. Uh, I remember years ago after one of those more tornadoes, I drove down through there, uh, down South and, and that's, I mean, there was one building that was standing and totally fine, but the one right next to it would be totally crushed into a million pieces. And it was like that, all throughout the city, every everywhere I looked as I went past on the highway, and, and so it, you might see pictures of it, you might hear reports about it, but it doesn't really set in. You don't understand how serious things like that are sometimes until you actually see it in person.
0: Right? Yeah. If if uh, a person lived in that area, it would be. I mean, you'd look at it and think, "Wow, what am I going to do with these mudslides?" Mm-hmm. They said that it looks like a World War One battlefield. Just all the debris and all the mud everywhere. So I don't know how – I was thinking I, – I wonder how they go about even cleaning that up. I mean, you have to clean it up. That would be a long process. And, uh, a, you know, anything coming at you, whether it be water or anything like that, would be devastating. But you just think about the weight of that mud. You know, we all know we've all shoveled dirt at some point in our lives. Mm. <laughs> it gets pretty heavy. <laughs> mud gets heavy. And to have a wall like that coming at them is just just incredible. So we are at the um, – mercy of uh, disasters sometimes, uh, or the God that controls them, mm-hmm. because what you can't do anything. I was thinking about that this morning when I was looking at the headlines. I thought, you know, if you went to bed one night and, and you got hit by something like that, you'd be, you wouldn't wake up the next day. You'd be dead. <laughs> you know? We all go to bed assuming we'll get up the next day, but things can happen. Earthquakes, mudslides, tornadoes. I mean, uh, life, life is uh, pretty fragile.
1: And you wouldn't know what happened until... Resurrection, so it could be many years. It's just these things can come out of nowhere and strike suddenly. And yeah, it is. It does just show you how uh, fickle life can be, and how it's just got here one moment and gone the next.
0: Yeah, there was another story, pretty uh, big news today: massive seven point six magnitude earthquake strikes the uh, Caribbean or the Caribbean, depending on how you say it.
1: That's difficult. I, everyone, everyone seems to say that a different way. Yeah, like the Caribbean. If you don't say "C," but then I'll hear a lot of people say Caribbean, if you do add "C" on the end of it, it's just, that's so confusing. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Thankfully, islands escaped major damage after one of the most powerful tremors ever to hit the region. It was a 7.6 magnitude earthquake. It happened last night at 9.51 p.m. at a depth of 6.2 miles. You know, so I was reading the, like I said, I was reading the headline about this and the mudslides, and I thought, man, you go to bed at night and... You, just, you have to just pray for protection because you don't know what will happen. The Tremor, they say, was one of the largest hit that area, uh, struck in the Caribbean Sea, 25 miles from Honduras Island of Great Swan Island. A tsunami advisory was put in place for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, but then they canceled it because uh, nothing materialized there. And there were fears that it could impact the costs of Central American nations, sorry, coasts of Central American nations, including Jamaica, Cuba, and the Cayman Islands. But uh, nothing materialized as far as the tsunami. Not a lot of damage because it was kind of out in the out in the sea there. But uh, I don't know. You got to pay attention. That's a <laughs> that's a huge earthquake. Does it does it mean something's going to you know give somewhere down the line? Uh, those areas down there they've just been devastated with the hurricanes that came through earlier, and uh, now you've got these earthquakes happening. So uh, inter- it's just interesting to wake up every day and say what happened <laughs> if you're if you're alive to see it.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the dangers of island life because they're they're totally surrounded by water sometimes the reason that islands are so isolated like that is because of maybe the way that the plates have moved in the past and and maybe maybe some of them are even volcanoes and they don't even know it yet so there's a lot of different things about living on an island that that might be a bit precarious
0: yeah it's really uh interesting when we were in uh up in washington state recently we we took a, a trip to um orcas island which is an island there in the san juan islands and and uh you take you take the ferry boat out and uh you pass all these islands and it's so interesting cuz you look and you'd see like maybe one or two homes on a few of them i think who lives there like they just live on this island it's uh just a fascinating thing to me i, I i'm just so foreign to my uh my life experience and uh I, I could see in some ways it being really neat other ways it might be kind of lonely but i guess if if you can get back to the mainland when you want to It'd be kind of peaceful out there.
1: Probably they get to take the ferry every day. There probably aren't a lot of jobs out there on the islands. I, w- I would think so. Yeah, the, that's a really unique area. Like mm-hmm. you, you can get on a ferry and then just pick any number of islands that are right there in the in the sound. Like, is it the Puget Sound or is that just a different part of it?
0: I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's the the bay. I guess yeah. the bay area of that of the northwest. But yeah,
0: yeah. There's a uh, yeah. There's all kinds of interesting places that have islands. Like I grew up in Wisconsin, and I never, I didn't, you know, I kind of, I guess, stayed in the main area that I grew up in. But then I went back to visit, and I went and saw another part of the state I hadn't really seen, and they had some islands there in the Great Lakes, <laughs> and it was really nice. It was like you, if you didn't know where you were, you'd think you were at a coastal sort of community, but you're in the heartland of the U.S.
1: Any homes out there?
0: Uh yeah, yeah. We went to uh, this one place called Washington Island that was out <laughs> there, and actually, it has this beach that has all white rocks on it. And according to what yeah. they say, it's the biggest beach like that in the world. It's just sort of it's a it's in Door County area, if you know that region. They call it Death's Door because people would ancient well, not anciently, but years ago they would be <laughs> they would be, you know, taking their boats through there and it would be kinda tricky and people would die. So mm. anyway, lots of interesting things there. But it's just funny how there are so many the United States is blessed with, you know, waterways and neat islands and just all kinds of awesome, awesome things. So much you can look at in different places.
1: Yeah, you could, there's so much variety. You could you could literally live anywhere you want to and travel to any type of environment within the, the one country. And and just the fact that we have as much land as we do and there's nations as small as Israel, for example, that they're all pretty crowded into one spot.
0: Yeah, and California is a just obviously a tremendous state because you can – you know, I've heard it said you can kinda of have like four seasons in a day if you want. Hmm. You could go skiing in the mountains and then go to the ocean and then other places. And uh but but again, they're having problems with some of these mudslides and other things. So uh interesting. Just keep an eye on it. Of course there's a um great book at the dot com booklet, uh, why natural disasters. People always ask that, and that's a good question to ask when things happen. You think, Why did this happen? you know, and uh it's good to look at that. Is it just the climate change? That's uh, what people will say. I haven't seen any tweets about mudslides being related to climate change, but I'm sure that's coming <laughs> in some way. Somehow that'll relate.
1: Somehow. I mean, every every disaster, whether it's one end of the spectrum or the other, can relate to that idea, apparently.
0: Here's a story about weather that's really just fascinating. Didn't know that this would happen. Uh, what happens when alligators are in water and it freezes? It's a good question. <laughs> the viral video of alligators frozen in an icy pond at North Carolina's Shallot uh, River Swamp Park has been the talk of social media, with many people wondering whether cold-blooded crocodilians <laughs> <laughs> can survive in brutally cold temperatures. The video shows several alligators' snouts sticking out of the park's frozen pond a deep freeze caused by a cold front that covered most of the eastern United States last week. So imagine this. You're, you have this pond, and it's frozen, and you can walk on it. And then every so often there's just an alligator snout sticking out of the ice. <laughs> that would be terrifying, but awesome at the same time. I guess just don't get too close to it, right?
1: Don't mind me. I'm fine. I'm, I can still breathe. <laughs> That's what they do.
0: They just stick their noses out of the water to breathe, because they can obviously sense the temperatures changing, and it just so happened that it was so cold that the ice literally froze around their noses, and so they're just they're under the water, but their snouts were sticking out of the ice. <laughs> I, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know what you would do if you were, if you saw it. Like you, you wouldn't want to get too close to it, obviously. <laughs> but their bodies go into like some some kind of a, um very deep sleep, um, sort of like a hibernation in that state they are still alive they're still moving but they're just really lethargic so like me in the morning (laughs) (laughs) so i just thought it was amazing like who i I never would have thought of that but that's that's what happens and they survived it
1: well maybe in that in that state for them it would be a little bit safer for us to go close (laughs) They, they reach out in slow motion trying to claw at us we're just right next to them they can't reach
0: well that would be my fear is that they're like sort of playing with us and you get close and all of a sudden they burst out of the ice <laughs> and attack you. Or you get too close and they, they chomp on you. But uh it would be fascinating to see. There's video of it, you can find it online. Just really interesting. But it's sixty five degrees there uh I guess in the last few days and so everything melted and they're they're back to normal. But that's what alligators do. Stick out wow. the snout.
1: That's that's just amazing how God could create them like that to to know exactly what to do to adapt to a situation. Because I'm sure they're not really used to weather like that, generally no. in, in a place like that. So to to be able to adjust, it's just a testament to God's creative power. It's not something that they thought up on right. the fly. They're not being resourceful there.
0: It would be. It's always awesome. I think in a funny way to see animals on ice when they're not used to it. <laughs> they're just slipping and like sliding. a deer. Yeah, and they're just trying to like get their footing. And they just have a hard time with it. Uh, I've heard I've heard it ha- of this happening in uh, places where they have a lot of, say, dairy cattle and so forth, where a lot of times those, if they're out in sort of a field, they can get kind of muddy or a pen, and they're kind of sinking in a little bit. And uh, really cold weather coming on uh, probably years ago before maybe they had all the forecasting technology we have today. Coming on suddenly, and the cows just freezing in place because the mud would freeze, and they just get stuck there. <sighs> and then... Oftentimes die because it, maybe their legs would break or something. So, and sometimes animals can get caught in something strange, and, uh, you know, you wouldn't think about it until something strange happens, like with the crocodiles. So, you know, um, but yeah, really interesting. So, it just, just would be so strange. It would, it would be, uh, I don't know, like the, uh, moment of a lifetime to see something like that and what are those things sticking out of the ice there oh those are crocodiles you know (laughs) it's so fascinating fascinating to hear
1: things like that because you never like you said you'd never think of it and if you happen to walk across it you'd probably not even know what you were seeing just because it's so out of the ordinary and it just makes you wonder how much other awesome stuff is happening every day that we don't even know about that would totally just blow us away if we found out about it
0: yeah you're right What's happening in the deep, dark regions of the world that were, <laughs> well, every time they, they look around underwater, they find things that are just, uh, you know, they didn't know were there, like, especially when they go really deep in the ocean and amazing creatures. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I went to a um, uh, an aquarium and uh, they had a whole exhibit on different types of jellyfish. It was fascinating. Like, the, some of them are different colors and they would change colors and then, they had have a write up about why they're changing colors. I don't know if it's true. You know, did they ask the jellyfish? Like, how <laughs> do we know? But anyway, they they claim that it was sort of like if they were agitated, they'd be one color. If they were happy, they'd be a different color. I don't know if they can be happy, but and so it was interesting to look at that and then look in the in the you know through the glass and see the different colored ones. You'd be like, well, that guy's upset. Well, that guy's pretty happy. Like, what's going on here? There, you could see the whole social dynamic if what they said was accurate
1: mm-hmm. yeah jellyfish are are really just they're strange to look at because they have that i guess that umbrella covering but it's see-through but even when you look through it there's not like a head or a brain that you can see it's just this floating mass of i don't know it's just a blob of cells i guess <laughs> yeah this is weird we we saw some actually
0: when we were um there in washington like i said and Saw a big one floating around, which was kind of neat, but then there were these really tiny ones, and um, I didn't know what they were. They were washed up on the beach. I thought they were just little slimy things, and uh, my wife was once like, I think those are jellyfish, and you put them back in the water, and then they kind of come back into, like, the jellyfish form. It was really cool. All kinds of things out there.
1: So they don't shock you when they're dried up on the beach
0: like that? Not those little tiny guys, anyway. So, at least they didn't me. Of course, I don't think I really touch them. I think we kind of poked at him with a stick. <laughs> That's the safe route to go. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm just going to poke at this thing with a stick. <laughs> so, uh, weather phenomenon, some good, some bad, some fascinating. Uh, make sure you stop and check out trumpet.com today. The top story is U.S. economy, Germany's next crisis by uh, Richard Palmer. Uh, U.S. becoming more uh, isolationist, I guess, with economic policies, and uh, it affects other people in the world. Saw so saw a headline today too that China considering not buying some of the U.S. Uh, treasuries anymore. I guess so. I don't know all the details there, but anytime something like that is said, the markets get a little volatile. Uh, conditions it says are in place for bringing Europe's strongest economy to its knees. Germany has been the strongest economy there in Europe. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. It's easy to forget about this, but it wasn't very long ago when the, that that European financial crisis was sort of the the headlines of the day. Where you know there was so much debt in Greece, um, some of these other nations, and then here came Germany to bail them out, with the strings attached. By the way, <laughs> they took over a lot of those nations in in, a, in in some pretty important ways, just with financial bailouts and so forth. But Germany's economy could be in for some trouble. Related to that, America is heading for a financial crisis, so watch Germany and how the global financial crisis will produce Europe's ten kings. So. Pay attention to this now on the trumpet because if you just look at your headlines, you think, well, the economy in the U.S. is great. We're all heading towards uh, the land of plenty and prosperity, but uh, that's not what the Bible indicates is going to happen.
1: True, and, and uh anytime you have a nation that is just packing on the debt all the time, I mean, whether it is a nation in, in Europe that has become basically enslaved to Germany or whether it's us getting enslaved to China— you know there's big problems around the corner. It might be a luxurious lifestyle. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of Greeks and Germans can't stand each other because of the way that that financial crisis played out. Um, So you're you're creating some pretty big international rivalries, and it could even escalate to the point of war. If a nation doesn't ever get paid back, after a while they get frustrated by that and demand that it gets paid back.
0: And the the German people are pretty hardworking people, and I don't know about the Greeks, but they have a reputation for a little bit more vacation. Maybe <laughs>
1: right. the, the, the Germans don't like that part about it. Like that, the Greeks didn't seem to want to cut back on the luxuries, despite their nation being in horrible debt. Right. And then the Greeks felt the other way. Like you Germans don't ever want to have any fun. There was that. Uh, I think it was. It might have been the last World Cup where there was a game between Greece and Germany, or maybe maybe it was even one of the European national or international or I guess continent wide uh competitions in soccer and that game was a huge deal. Like they w- badly wanted to beat each other and it wasn't because of any other p- prior experience on the soccer pitch. It was just their international relations issues. Man. Imagine if uh
0: major conflicts were settled through sports and not war. <laughs> That'd It'd be actually be a- really nice. It would be there'd
1: be <laughs> a lot of pressure on those uh There'd be a lot of pressure on that game, though. <laughs> Can you imagine how good the sports teams would be, though, Yeah. if it was a, a battle for international supremacy? Yeah. Can you imagine how good the U.S. soccer team would actually be for once if that was the way we'd have to remain the world's superpower? The U.N. would officiate it. <laughs>
0: but it's all people from Iran and Palestinians. We get, we get a few bad calls against us. <laughs> There's no way that's the right call. <laughs> that they it was, If they actually tried that... It would be uh, it would end in war anyway because after the, it would be a riot after the game. That's a bad call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if it's like your national sovereignty is on the line, you're really gonna you're really
1: gonna pay attention to what's going on. That's such a hilarious thing to think about. If, if that caused peace, wouldn't that just be like of all the things we've tried, and then somehow sports caused it? Wow, it all came down to sports. <laughs> also, the Trump
0: Daily Radio Show today with your host Stephen Fleury talking about a, a, a number of topics but kind of one main theme uh the truth versus your truth which which one is it is there one truth that we all need to uh follow and and uh and uh enact in our lives or is it just about our individual truth because as he played the clip if you were to believe oprah winfrey it's all about your truth and uh Everywhere we look, and he talked about a few things: the transgender movements, um, uh, what's going on with immigration in the country, quite a few topics. But it really does come down to that. Well, is there one truth to things, or is it just everybody's individual interpretation?
1: Yeah, that's that's um, obviously a hot button issue. And uh, even I even heard Tom Brady in an interview say that that phrase "your truth" yesterday. He was talking mm. about uh, just some of the interactions between. Uh, people on the New England Patriots team versus like the trainers and the coaches and all the other personnel. And he just said, you know, one person might perceive a relationship one way and the other person might perceive it another way. So it's, it's like, it's your truth in a way. Uh, But at least he wasn't talking about something as serious as like gender or whatever else uh, Oprah Winfrey was probably talking about.
0: I always tend to think that when somebody's talking about your truth, they're lying to you Mm. because they don't want to talk about what the actual truth is. So they just say, well, I don't know. It's everybody's got their own truth because there's a lie involved or they don't want to say something or they don't want to admit the facts of
1: something because the truth would actually win an argument. If they had it on their side, they would just say the truth. They wouldn't say my truth. I mean, it is, there is a big difference there. Um, you you would why would you ever have to say your truth if you had the objective, unbiased, factual truth on your side already?
0: Well, and the the whole idea of you know your truth that's a terrible thought because there's what about Hitler's truth? He had some truths that he believed, and who were we to tell him
1: that he can't have that truth <laughs> right. in his life?
0: And other people obviously disagreed, like the rest of the world for the most part. <laughs> but there you can look at lots of examples where people have done horrible things, and they're like, well, that's my truth. Is that okay? You know, or, you know, what's, how do you, how would you legislate something like that? I think it's, I think the reason people are getting into it so much is that, again, it's just to hide from the actual truth of the matter, and also, for, for people that are in the public eye, I think it helps them navigate that, because they never really can get pinned down on anything. Well, what do you believe? Well, it's your truth, man. <laughs> and that way they can't ever, you know, catch the backlash of these major media outlets, and I think that's why a lot of people do that.
1: It is a way to avoid ever losing an argument. It's also a way to even shut down arguments and prevent them from even happening. Because if, if truth just comes down to each individual person's feelings and their thoughts that are wrongly based on their feelings, uh, then you'd have to be a mind reader to tell someone what the truth is, and and truth can't possibly be the same for all people because it's, again, it's each individual person's feelings. That's that's just a really slippery slope, and um, I guess, again, it's pretty smart for the radical left to go that direction. I mean, they're picking some, some battlegrounds where they can't really be definitively defeated if everything is just in a person's mind. If a person's gender is decided in a person's mind, well, we can't read their mind, we don't know how they feel, so we can't tell them what their gender is. It's pretty difficult to uh, defeat that that line of flawed reasoning, I guess.
0: Yeah, unless you get back to absolute truth, which would be the Bible, but uh, people aren't too interested in looking at that. Or even those that kind of do, they just don't understand it. Um, actually, I saw a really interesting video yesterday. It was this lady, I guess she had been involved in some sort of a church over the years, Um and they had been in the headlines for something, and so she was on this talk show. And she was talking about how she, she didn't believe in the Bible anymore. She, she used to, but she didn't anymore. And and so um, they were asking her why, and she went to this one particular passage. And she actually had it memorized pretty well, which I was impressed. It was quite a bit of text. But she just has some just very basic misunderstandings of the Bible. You know, she, she read it. She thought that God was uh, not fair. You know, like, well, he just likes some people and he doesn't like other people. Because she, she doesn't understand the fact that uh, people are called at different times, and there's a plan of salvation that God has enacted. She didn't understand that. Now, you know, I don't don't blame her. She just doesn't understand it. But there are a lot of people like that as well, where they just, they just don't understand what they read. And uh, that's why a book like Mystery of the Ages is so important at the trumpet, because it puts all of those pieces of the Bible together. Like, well, okay, well, what... You know, they they look at one passage, they don't have any context for it, the history of it, what was being said. And so then even the religious authorities that they go to, like this lady, she said, well, I'd ask people, and they just say, well, you just have to believe it. God doesn't say that. He doesn't say, well, just believe it. He says, you know, prove me. Mm -hmm. You know, reason with me. Let's take a look at what this says. But you have to understand the Bible. So you really feel for a lot of people because even the ones that actually do kind of want to know the truth of things, it's just clouded to them. They don't see it. And then, uh, and then of course, plenty of people are just headlong into whatever they feel like doing so
1: they don't want to know the truth. Yeah, there definitely are a lot of people, like you said, who read the Bible. But usually when they have a serious disagreement like that, it's just because they read it once and th- thought it sounded weird and they disagreed with that. They didn't study deeply into it with an open mind trying to prove it true they were trying to actually prove it false if anything and then there are also a lot of people who believe whatever their specific church told them even if the what the church said was not actually in the bible at all and then they conflate the church's teachings with the bible's teachings despite those two things being totally different yep
0: yeah there's a lot of there's a lot that's taught in religion that's not not from the bible that's for sure and then, of course, you have religions that are just very different that don't be, don't believe anything with the Bible. <laughs> so, somebody's got to be right. It's got to be some truth somewhere. It's kind of interesting. I was looking at this. Uh, I guess it's one of the more recent Time magazines, and uh, they the cover is the optimists. So they're trying to look at things that are positive. So that's not a bad idea. But it, just fact or, or thinking about this uh, Trump a daily program about the truth versus your truth, quote unquote. A lot of the write ups here are. They're all about that. They're about people's individual truth. Uh, one example here, they're highlighting an artist. The title is, What We Choose to See. And they're talking about uh, immigrants coming into the U.S. and this person is doing this artwork trying to show that, you know, uh, people can, like, conquer the border and they can come across because it's it's what we choose to see. Well, is it what we choose to see or is there a truth to things? Uh, there 's another write up about uh, somebody writing about millennials this pretty famous guy and uh, he said uh, more than ever we see that uh, young people growing into the world of politics uh, engaged in a way where they understand that they can actually change the course of history um, because of all the information that they have, and uh you know it says uh, We're not going to accept the status quo. We can change our destiny. We can change the future. We can be part of this world. You feel it. And, yeah, I mean, you you want to be growing and all of that, of course, but you can can get rid of the status quo. What do you mean? Like um, gender roles, things that are true. There is truth. And when you look at some of these things, it's all about, even in this optimistic viewpoint, it's all about, well, you can see it the way you choose to see it. Or you can uh you can get rid of the status quo you can change all everything you want it's just it's time to pretend and uh, so when you look through magazines like this, even when they're trying to be positive, it's all about hey you you have your find your own truth that's that's all that matters
1: and that man who is commending the millennials for all the knowledge they've accumulated doesn't seem to be considering if that knowledge was factual or truthful. Uh, there was an article about Jalen Brown, that Boston Celtics player yeah. and he was talking about how he didn't realize that racism was everywhere until he went to the University of California Berkeley and they explained all this historical truth to him in his classes. And now he's his his thinking's totally different. He's in favor of the Colin Kaepernick protest, uh, all these different things that totally changed in his mind because of the education system that he went through. But the things he was learning are very much up for debate. They they're hotly disputed in this country because well, they're just not true. Yeah, they're not true. They're not true.
0: It's amazing. They haven't they have a class on that starting up, I forget, one of these colleges this semester and there was a write up about that yesterday. They have to have police officers there, you know, to protect everyone as they learn about white supremacy and how every institution and every law
1: and everything is just done to to, you know, keep the whites on top of everybody else exactly uh, that's and that's what jalen brown was talking about what he learned in in his classes at berkeley i mean and that's a obviously a very left-leaning institution there there is an agenda being advanced in those types of courses he was even mentioning how um you know just because he somehow got out of uh, the system that's meant to keep his race down doesn't mean he can't turn around and try to help those who are being kept down as well but if the system were trying to keep him down he'd be down i mean there's no way you could get out of a system that's really trying to hold back minorities
0: it's uh more and more divisive because everybody has their own version of the truth you know and the the media really pushes their agenda but then again like i think we've all seen with president trump being elected lots of people don't feel the way the media feels they have their own truth and again it's not like either side of the, those arguments has the truth but for the most part on the conservative side at least they're closer mm-hmm. <laughs> at least to just some sort of a basic reality about life even though they don't they don't have the truth of god but at least it's uh at least it's um just more realistic in in terms of the physical world around them
1: well they're trying they're trying to be specific and practical with solutions And the thing that you hear coming out of the left all the time is just personal insults, um, things about inclusion and diversity and love versus hate, all these concepts that you can't actually put a finger on in terms of policies created. Uh, So you have to to try to find some kind of solution. You have to commend the conservatives for looking for that. Well, yeah, when you talk about actual truth versus
0: just somebody's, their own truth, which would just be deception— um, it, it Really, it's all about love, isn't it? I mean, w- people would think, well, if somebody lets me do whatever I want, they, that, that's love. But it's not, not at the end of the day. If somebody actually loves you, they would tell you the truth. It's hard to take sometimes, but it's the thing that works and that helps you in the end. I mean, what do you tell somebody that's a drug addict? Do you tell them the truth? Like, you need to stop this or it's going to destroy you? Or do you just try to give them on a different drug? Because, well, you know how it is. You can't help it. You know, you were kind of a, uh, you're, you're just prone to these types of things. Well, w- one ends in, you know, a really bad situation. The other one could turn a person's life around. So what where was the love there? It was in truth. I mean, we every every song on the radio, every, you know, uh, movie, you know, it's all about love, right, <laughs> on some level. But, but real love is telling somebody the truth because it'll help them. And uh, you can lie to people for a long time. You can lie to your kids. You can tell them you're the world's greatest. They're going to find out they probably aren't. <laughs> 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 but uh, you see that in every every sector of society, just these continual lies. And that's not love.
1: That's true. Love does manifest itself in tangible actions, things that you can see. And it's it's definitely not love to let someone go down a destructive path. I mean, especially if those people considered if their own child were a drug addict or um, a prostitute or whatever, whatever the situation might be, would you really just say, well, you know, it's it's your way of freeing yourself from your stress. Just keep on doing it. It's your way of making money. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Or would they desperately want their own child to get out of that situation? I mean, I think we all know what the answer is. But when they're talking about millions of people, a, a large swath of the population, then they basically say, do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, God says in you know, several prophecies to to Israel in this end time, which, of course, is uh, several nations. But, you know, he says, why will you die, O house of Israel? Why don't you just change? He's telling them the truth. But people don't want to hear that. But that's the end result is is people's own truth. Uh, it, it never works. So really interesting topic there on the Trump Daily Radio show today and a lot to consider. Also I talked a little bit about uh, more about the addictions that people are having to uh, social media and so forth and there's a lot of write-ups on the trumpet about that as well so uh, it's it's interesting people uh, are getting very caught up in those uh, those <laughs> quote unquote truths and social media of course shapes a lot of that you know what did the what did my favorite celebrity say <laughs> you know <laughs> I actually you know I, speaking of that I was watching this uh, flipping around the tv last night and i was there's this game show that's on it's a new sort of thing i guess and they play these silly games or whatever and one of the rounds is they they flash up celebrities and if you can name them like 10 of them in a minute or something you get hundred thousand hundred thousand bucks or something wow. like that and i was just amazed that the person could do it and then i could too like oh, i know that person that person that person <laughs> and i thought um wow what a waste of time. Like how how do I know all of these people? <laughs> and I don't I don't I'm not somebody that's like really into it. You just but you happen to see headlines, you see people on things and um but I knew who almost everybody was. <laughs> and I thought wow, I I, sh- I should put something else in my brain that maybe is a little more important.
1: <laughs> yeah, those and those people are constantly put in our faces as the moral authority. That's how we know who they are so well. I mean, it's not like we're it's not like the two of us are spending all our time watching every single movie that they've all been in. But I'm not, it's just, I'm not
0: buying the teen magazine, the yeah. Teen
1: Beat. <laughs> but but the the media is presenting them as the most righteous among us and the ones we need to listen to. When if you just think about that for a second, like would any person who is really wealthy truly be studying deeply into all these issues and and trying to figure out how to how to solve them instead of just enjoying their money and their lifestyle? I don't think that the ones who are the richest among us are going to be uh, necessarily the ones who have thought the most deeply about the issues. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, so make sure you get that uh, Trumpet Daily Radio show today, The Truth Versus Your Truth. One quick note here the from the Daily Telegraph. If you're uh, wanting to be slimmer, you just have to sleep more. That's what we all wanted to hear. <laughs> But they do say getting enough sleep is important. An extra 90 minutes in bed can stop sugar cravings. Now, this doesn't mean that if you're already sleeping eight hours a night, you should sleep another hour (laughs) and a half. I think this is related to people not getting enough sleep. So take that with a grain of salt. They say a new study showed that by getting more sleep, people naturally choose healthier foods within a week, eating on average 10 grams less sugar each day. Uh, This uh, one doctor said the fact that extending sleep led to a reduction in intake of free sugars, uh, by which we mean the sugars that are added to foods by manufacturers or in cooking at home, as well as sugars in honey, syrups, and fruit juice, suggests that a simple change in lifestyle may really help people to consume healthier diets. Because uh, I guess when we're more tired, we have a tendency to want to go get the the carbohydrate foods that aren't as healthy.
1: That is so, so true. What a what a great point that is. I mean, I know that from personal experience. If you're if you're up, but you're kind of drowsy later at night and you're just watching the tv i mean do you do you really think that carrots are going to be the top choice <laughs> i mean of course not that's it's a, a really good point and it's helpful to know that maybe if we were just in bed we could avoid that snack in the first place if if we weren't up at eleven thirty at night
0: yeah and then uh if we have more energy i guess we're less prone to try to go for some of mm-hmm. those things so anyway something to think about but again it's not they're not talking about sleeping your life away. I think it's just getting enough sleep each night, which people struggle to do. And, of course, some tips for sleeping better. One is to get to bed at the same time every night, and secondly, to avoid screen time at night. Put away your devices.
1: They're not good. Mm. They're keeping you awake, and then you have to eat sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many warnings about that. We need to need to start paying attention. It's it's difficult to turn the screens off, though, especially especially if you've had a long day and you just want to kind of unwind by watching tv you have to you have to definitely monitor that and turn it off earlier in the evening at least instead of watching it till the second you go to bed i'm thinking
0: about if i knew much about developing apps i think i would do this i would develop an app that uh, i would promote as you know the time saver do you want an extra two hours a day <laughs> and then you just hit the the like go button and it just shuts your phone down <laughs> doesn't let you turn it back yeah, on. Yeah, you can't turn it back on for two hours. <laughs> People are like, I hate this app, but then they secretly love the app. Mm-hmm.
1: They don't even know it. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think uh, it would get low ratings. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what's actually about to happen yeah. when they push go. Oh,
0: it's going to show me how to get more time. Hey, wait, my phone doesn't work. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I'm full of. I'm full of lots of
1: ideas. Um, not always good ones, so. though. Well, most of them, I think, you could probably make some money off of if you if you really <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> they sound pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's funny how you could uh, just very practical things sometimes elude people, you know, man, I wish I had more time. I need to get another app. (laughs) Yeah. Just shut it off.
1: You could always, it does help to put the phone in the other room. If, if, um, you have a smartphone and it's constantly in your pocket, I mean, you're just going to instinctively take that thing out and look at it because it's better than doing nothing a lot of the time. But if you put it in the other room when you're doing important things, at least, uh, then your, your focus can be totally on whatever you're doing and not drifting off to whatever's on the screen.
0: Yeah, and one thing I've done, I mean I have a smartphone but uh one thing I have done is I turned off a lot of the, the beeps and the dings and things so you know, every ridiculous email that it makes no difference to me, some ad it doesn't go bing <laughs> because you do feel like, Oh, I should check that. It might be important. It's not it's not important. It's not it's hardly ever
1: been important for me. It's always
0: oh, it's another ad from somebody or something.
1: Yeah, it's like uh what is that, Pavlov's dogs where he yeah, rang the bell and then he, he taught them how to uh, come and eat at that specific time. Uh, it's the same thing where those dings are basically are training us like a dog to check the phone every single time it goes off. I, I read something the other day about a um,
0: uh, an essay, an assignment that kids had in a class. And the assignment was to write down like if you wanted to be something else, what would you be? And which is an interesting assignment, I don't know. But anyway, so this one child wrote that they wanted to be a TV. (laughs) And the reason they wanted to be a TV was because they wanted people to listen to them when they talked. They wanted this, I think it was a boy, he wanted his uh, siblings to fight for his attention. Uh, He, or, you know, care about, you know, um, spending time with them, fight to spend time with them, I guess was the thing he wanted his uh his dad to pay attention to him when he got home from work. All these things that they did to the television, he wanted done to him. And so the teacher uh she reads this and she you know it was really emotional. Made her made her cry and so forth. And she showed it to her her husband and he read through it and he was like what terrible parents. And she said that was our son that wrote that. Oh no. And I thought wow, that was really quite the story (laughs) and but if you if you expand that out to say the smart devices because I was thinking about the how you said like we're trained to run to it you know the way we treat a smart device or the TV or social media or something compared to how we treat human beings like we'll come running (laughs) as soon as we hear the ding but what about spending time with a friend or our child or you know we spend hours staring at a screen are we willing to spend hours throwing the ball you know it is something to think about
1: that's a really uh, powerful story that probably uh, would co- convict a lot of us at least if not if not all the time at least at times i'm sure that a device takes away our attention from our loved ones and uh, even uh, this i guess is a lighter way of looking at it but if you if you examine how people react when a person falls down to the ground really hard versus when they drop their phone really hard uh People laugh when the person falls, but they freak out when they drop their phone because they don't want it to break. So it's a, it, even just that uh, just shows that uh, the devices take too much of a priority in a lot of our lives.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, really some interesting write-ups at com about that today. And, of course, the Trumpet Daily from yesterday talked about that too. So
1: if you haven't heard that, go back
0: and check it out. We are talking about the seven laws of success on uh, these last few episodes, and today we're going to get into the seventh law, the final, the grand finale. And if you read this booklet, The Seven Laws of Success, the seventh law takes up the most space (laughs) because it is the most important. Mr. Armstrong says, I have reserved this all-important seventh law till last to explain, but far from being least, it is first in vital importance. And, uh... What it is, is uh, having a contact with and guidance, continuous help of God. If you want to be successful in life, having contact with God is essential. And uh, that's where probably the train jumps the tracks. <laughs> Even in going through some of these laws for some people, they say, what now? Like, I like perseverance and I like education. I like all those things, but what, what now? Close contact and
1: guidance from God. And like Mr. Armstrong points out, it's the last thing that people are going to apply, which is why he fi- he puts it at the end of these seven laws. It's uh, people. There have been actually a lot of people in, throughout history who have applied the first six, but very few have applied all seven, because that, re- that requires reliance on a higher power. That's not something that most people are willing to do unless it's a grave emergency.
0: Yeah, and he says something here that's just very relevant, especially today. Mr. Armstrong writes, it seems almost no one today realizes how and why humans were made. What are humans? <laughs> why are we here? Uh, why should we live in uh, ignorance of these this basic knowledge? He said, uh, you know, people don't know what the purpose to life is. And if you think about, like you were t- saying, all the, the celebrities or whatever that are kind of looked at as moral authorities or, or anybody, and, and you sat them down and you said could you just explain to me briefly like why we're here and like what the purpose of human beings are it what what would the answers be it would be amazing to to hear there'd be a lot of different thoughts but um you'd hear everybody's truth on the matter but i don't think you'd hear the truth of god from anybody
1: that would probably be some people's literal answer finding your truth would be the purpose of life for some people uh chasing a dream no matter where that dream might take you. And no matter how unrealistic it is, a lot of people say, follow your heart, which, uh, that can, that can be a bad thing because the heart is deceitful and, and wicked above anything else. Like the Bible says, uh, there are a lot of different ideas for what life is all about, but probably anyone who doesn't get their answer from the Bible is going to have a little bit of an empty feeling at the end of life, maybe if not much of one, at least wondering what's beyond this life, what happens after they die. If people don't know that, it just is a huge feeling of uncertainty. He,
0: Mr. Armstrong quotes Isaiah 55, where, where it says, you know, uh, if you're thirsty, come to the waters. If you don't have any money, you can still come, you can eat, you can buy, you know, what you need. And it says, why do you spend uh, money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy? In other words, people, you know, they'll seek success and they'll pay money for it if they think there's a way to get it. Or maybe they get money and they become successful in that way and they just keep buying things. You know, I need another car, another house, something to fill up my life. in Isaiah 55, the point is made, well, why do you spend all your money on that? Because what you do need, what we do need is God's truth. We need the Bible, <laughs> not our own truth. We need God's truth, and that is what fills people up. That's what fills up that hole in people's lives. It's not another Maserati or whatever <laughs> <laughs> people buy out there. That's a nice car, right? Maserati, I think so. Okay, <laughs> <I'm not laughs> I, a, I don't, I don't know much about. I'm that, not a but. car guy, but anyway, you know <laughs> what I mean. Nice new car, nice house, whatever. Not that those things are wrong, but but you can see that when people think about success, a lot of times it's how much money did you do you have, and, and that that could be part of it. But if you don't have the basic truth of God in your life—it's for nothing. You know how many rich people have come and gone, lived and died. Where's the rich person that's lived since the beginning of time? <laughs> Is he hiding in a mountain somewhere? And <laughs> you know, they're not around because whether they're a, a prince or a pauper, life ends. And then you know uh, where? How do you define success then? Well, what what happens with your eternity? You know, do you live? Do you die? What happens? That's that's the information people really need to know.
1: Some have had their riches buried with them and others have thankfully given those riches on to people who will use them wisely. Uh, But but yeah, you're right. You can't take anything with you past this life. So whatever luxury that you might have been able to afford, it doesn't last beyond this life. I think everyone knows that there is a certain hole in, in every one of our existences. We all have a hole to fill, a void that... People do try to fill it in all types of ways, like like you've been mentioning. We all know that there's an issue there, but we just don't know how to uh, solve that. And it's the same thing with, like Mr. Armstrong said, about uh, there being a higher power in our lives. People will be very quick to acknowledge uh, a doctor's help if they have an ailment. They will definitely trust their teachers when they're at school. But who's looking to God to tell them the purpose of life? Why is it that we look everywhere but God to fill the void and to teach us our purpose?
0: Yeah, Mr. Armstrong makes just a great point here. This is a great way to think about the Bible. I mean, he says it's an instruction book which the maker sent along with his product, the humans. How does this thing work? What are we doing? Uh, And he says that it's like a gold mine when people really get into it. There is so much value in it, and that's what he did. He fell in love with it once he got into it he saw that there are principles there to guide and direct every aspect of life how much time and money and you know effort i guess is put into people trying to figure out if they should be a man or a woman or what how about you just look in the bible and see what that says see what the maker of mankind said and the way to live and of course you know the person that's a being pretty carnal about it says, well, I flipped through the whole Bible. I didn't say anything about transgenders. <laughs> well, yeah, actually there's a lot in there <laughs> if you, if you read it, uh, and, and understand what's being said. But, um, the principles are there for life and how to live and how to be successful and that everybody's chasing happiness. I guess that's the, probably what people would say, you know, how would you define success? Maybe it would be money or something, but at the end of the day, it's happiness. And, uh, the more people seek happiness, the further away a lot of times they get from God's law because they think, well, the further I get away from the status quo, as uh, some some call it, um, the happier I'll be. But they just get more miserable, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And so we have to go back to the truth of how
1: to be successful, and that comes from the Bible. Have you ever noticed that most people do seem pretty slow to actually consider why they're here on earth? You would think that would be the absolute most important question to answer Um, but we don't really a lot of us don't even ask that question our whole lives we don't stop to think well why am I here first of all if someone put me here does he have a certain way that I should be living does he have any advice since he made me and he knows what's best for me does he have any instructions for how I should live Uh, it is surprising just sometimes just to think that Most people don't even ask those questions. They just go through life trying to, I guess, gratify the senses maybe, but not truly look into the deeper purpose for life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about something uh, like working with electricity, you would never take somebody that wants to be an electrician and say, I don't know, figure it out. There's some wires because they'd kill themselves. Uh, so maybe the guy at the end of the line would learn something because he saw everybody <laughs> else get killed. But, but when it comes to the most important things in life, like marriage and family and, you know, how do you conduct yourself, people just, I don't know, we'll just wing it. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> and, and those are, those are very serious things with very serious consequences. I guess because it doesn't always have the immediate electric shock to it. People don't tend to think it's as big of a deal, but, um, yeah, you have to look at the, the manual for how we're supposed to live. And Mr. Armstrong points out, look, people are free to choose. He said, you're a free moral agent. God will never cram his religion down your throat, quote unquote. He will never force you to decide his way or go his way. But he, he, uh, he'll allow people to choose their wrong way, but compels everyone to make their own decision. You know you have to you, it, there is no your truth, but there is your
1: decision <laughs> and that's what they should be talking about. well, you can make a decision, but there is one truth that's a pretty big <laughs> difference and uh people I guess in pursuing their own truth have just been making their own decisions it's It's definitely not changing the definition of truth. God says that he's the same yesterday today and forever uh, the way that he established for us to be happy has never changed in 6,000 years of man's history. But definitely people have found all different types of ways of trying to obtain happiness. They just haven't really, for the most part, turned to God.
0: Yeah. Mr. Armstrong finishes by saying, these seven laws are the way not only to business and economic success, they are the laws that lead to rich, rewarding, interest-filled, abundant living. And in the end, to eternal life and glory in the kingdom of God, it teaches you to choose the right goal. It teaches you to study, to show yourself approved to your banker. It teaches you to acquire knowledge, right and true education, not just any old uh, thing that they'll shove at you. It's all preparation for success. It teaches you to watch your health. It teaches diligence, drive, dedication, persistent application. It teaches resourcefulness. He's talking about the Bible now, teaching all of this. And offers you divine help in applying it. And it teaches staying with it to the end. Those are all biblical principles. And uh, that's why when you look at the seven laws of success, having that close contact with God and looking at his word, then it really empowers those first six steps because you're coming at it from a godly perspective. So make sure you check this booklet out. It's the seven laws of success and it's free and it's at the and uh, probably never more needed than it is today. So make sure you get that. It's free. That's all the time we have for today on Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Make sure you listen for the Key of David, Trumpet Daily Radio Show, and the Trumpet Hour program coming up. For Grant Turgeon and myself, Dwight Falk, have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.
1: You're listening to Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG.